It's May 2nd, way too early to be talking about podcasts, but here we are. We got our original third guest showing up this morning. This is Gwyff, the King of Kent, the only royalty we ever gave a shit about. Hey y'all, I'm here, here to do some podcasting stuff. It's sexy, it's buds, you love them, you want them for Halloween. <laughs> it's Sir Spencer from Bowl After Bowl. Hey, I'm here, ready to rip. And this is Booberry from Behind the Schemes. I ain't got nothing else, I blew all my, blew all my shit at the beginning. But this is Misinformed Nation. <laughs> I'm sure they would just jizzing all over themselves for that. <laughs> Spend money on the cum. <laughs> I, I got a little point of note just to start off start us off with. Um, when we call it misinformed nation, I thought the other day I was in Jitsi and I said N Nation. How's that sound to you? N Nation. N Nation? Like N Nation, like N A Shun. I'd have to see it spelled out. Like cap two two capitals, N and an A, and then a T and I and O and an N. Like nation, but with the first two letters in capitals. Ah, like the stylization. Oh yeah, that's like what we've been doing. From no agenda, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But when we say it, we say nation, whereas I think uh, deep down we should say N Nation. N Nation. Okay. Interesting. But it I mean I'm no I'm not gonna crack the whip here and tell you guys to live your lives, but No, I'm all about word magic. I, I like uh taking the words. I like uh bending the English language over. Yeah. Make it. Ooh. Are you wearing a hat? You got a hat on. I don't have a hat on, but I was having to wear a hat yesterday. It was nice and bright and sunny and eighty degrees for our uh, for my first official no agenda meetup. Oh, how'd that go? It was good. Uh, there was like eight of us there. Um, there was a band. The band was. Uh, let's just say I guess they've been hanging out and not rehearsing for the past like six months or something it was it was pretty rough actually did they sit you right next to the band uh no but we were kind of directly in line with the pa so it was kind of it was it was hard to get the conversations a flowing when you were yelling over the feedback um just, just to put a put a jen saki here and cycle back the reason why i asked you if you're wearing a hat because i found out yesterday that if, if you're doing magic and you're wearing a hat you're a wizard and if you're not wearing a hat you're a sorcerer but I'm sure someone can debunk that for me. I saw it on the the Winter Soldier and the um the other guy who's totally forgettable. Oh, <laughs> Falcon, that's it, isn't it? Falcon. Yeah. Oh, the new Disney uh, Disney Plus series. Yeah. There's sorcery abounds over here. I never know <laughs> whether I never wear a hat during shows because I never know where to whether to put my headphones on the under the hat or over the hat. Over depends on the hat, I suppose. But over, I'd say. I'm like just trying one. to get back into the habit of taking my shirt off for these shows. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no the video is, feed. The trick is just to never put one on in the first place, and then you're good to go. Oh, give yeah. it to me. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, was there any other business that we had to attend to? Um, I mean, we're just kind of chugging along. Well, well uh, our sir, sir seat sitter is um, currently not here. So that son of a bitch. I mean, I know where to find it because I know where to find Sir Seat Sitter. I heard just got to catch road. them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's on the bridge. He'll be here when he's here. Yeah. So uh, uh, Chris will be joining us at a later time. He's got the link. He's just got to send me the 
clips when he gets home, and we'll be ready to rock with that. Um, the first show that I brought for today uh, is a show that was featured or that is featured on the No Agenda stream. Um, he's been super monumental in helping me get set up with like the stream and everything for behind the schemes. So I thought it was only fair that I'd reach out and give him a little extra loving. And this is clip one from Fun Fact Friday. But the electronic voice phenomenon is kind of neat, but you could go through hours and hours and hours and hours of static and pick out like two words and then assign meaning to it, you know? So basically it comes down to the more um, accurate a piece of equipment is, the less likely ghost hunters are going to want to use it because you have to take things that put out random static or beep irregularly or things like that. So you can say, Oh, 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 that's something, that's something that's activity. So, so a spirit box is something similar. Um, let's see. Uh, starts with Nikola Tesla said, uh, if you find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. So there's things called spirit boxes. There's actually apps. They have those in Phasmophobia too. Yeah, there's these apps that'll do it too. And basically you talk to them and then the spirit boxes supposedly pick up vibrations that we can't detect and turn it into words. So this is a uh, groovy little show. It's Metis and his daughter, Leela. Uh, that was episode 45 labeled ghosts, uh, which, which I'm a big nut for. I get it. I never thought, I never put two and two together. I did a suspense with the whole thing where you don't put two and two together. I didn't realize Uh, Midas is the fun fat Friday guy. Yep. He's also got, uh, Midas. Uh, well, there's a, there's a new show that he's starting that's interview based. I think that's Midas.live. Um, and then his other show where he's reading short stories is Midas pod. I haven't. Uh, I haven't listened to that one as much, so I haven't. Oh. Can't busy remember. Guy. Yeah, if I, I could be incorrect, but I think that's kind of more of a trickle, trickle cast. Oh yeah, kind of like a Mass with Matt, an irregular one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I, I see looking through it. I've. <laughs> it's so funny that uh, I even do a, a clip show because I'm I'm really bad at keeping up with all the different stuff, but um, mm. that one I think is sort of a. Yeah, January 18th was the last episode. You'll get a spot. I'm just pulling. And then September 27th, 2020 before that. So, yeah, that's what I would qualify as a trickle cast. Mm. Um, I mean, looking through this this list of Fun Fact Friday, they've had all sorts of uh, cool episodes. April Fool's, Roadside Attractions. I was a big fan of that one. They uh, talked about the Heidelberg. Yeah, it was episode 41. but in Detroit, they have this big community um, that this person was buying up the property or letting um, he was trying to get his neighbors to like let him in and do this art installation. And the entire block is just these like painted houses and they've got stuffed animals stapled everywhere. It's very interesting. And that was one of the topics that they brought for that episode. And I keep saying it. I'm going to say it on the stream now. So it has to fucking happen. I got those pictures. I swear to God, they're somewhere. I'm going to send them to you, Midas. I promise. Find them. Find them. Um, but yeah, this ghost episode's cool. You know, I'm from North Carolina originally. I've heard lots of lots of stories about the Biltmore estate, for example, mm. uh, which is what they're talking about in the beginning of this episode. Midas 
transitions into talking about ghost hunting. Um, mm. I want to play the second. Actually, well, I'll, I'll tell this story here real quick because it veers away. But um, so last year during the pandemic, one of the jobs that I applied for was being on the production crew for a ghost hunting show. Ooh. Yeah. And I never heard anything back from them. And I'm kind of disappointed. And. <laughs> it's a bit spooky how they just took your stuff and then they went off like that. <laughs> well, it, I don't know. It's it sounded like it was going to be a cool concept because like, oh, yeah, we're just going to fuck off and try and find ghosts and stuff. I probably wouldn't have dealt with all the like technical equipment. I probably would have been packing like some huge quartz rocks, a little bit of Moldavite. Um, you know, just like deliberately trying to antagonize the spirits to see if anything was there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I take that back. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, so you heard me say that, uh, the show is done with, with me, and his daughter, uh, Layla, Leela. God, I'm going to fuck that up so hard. It's going to become the new bowls with buds. <laughs> um, this is, uh, <laughs> this is one of many just, uh, funny back and forth between them. So yeah, after after you tell us about the next part of your um, Fun Fact Friday deep dive. Before I do this, okay, I just want to tell you, if you do have phasmophobia <laughs> and you die... Phasmophobia is not sponsoring this episode either. No, 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 no. We don't normally do sponsors. Um, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm glad you caught that. What's up with that, yo? Don't Ooh. normally do sponsors? <laughs> Yeah, we don't normally do sponsors. Every once in a while, <laughs> we slip one in there. I like money. <laughs> it's like Pokemon. I don't know what that one was, but all cash, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm glad I wasn't the only one that got that. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. We're gonna be eagle eyes now, man. I'm just kidding. Um, it. <laughs> I'll, I'll resume this. Phobia, and you die throw things at your teammates very subtly and not too often and it'll creep them out. (laughs) I do this every time I die. Or just like, okay, another thing you can do is just grab everything in the house that you can pick up and throw it outside. So when they come back to the door after they're done, there's just a pile of teacups or pile of shoes. I collected all the shoes in the house one day. That was one of my favorite times. Such a nerd. I am. Okay. (laughs) I got a lobby, and all we would do the entire round is we didn't we didn't gather any evidence or anything. We just stole everything from the house and left. We need to start a podcast this week in phasmophobia with Leela. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It took me a second to understand that phasmophobia was a game. I thought they were talking about like some fear of ghosts. Oh (laughs) yeah. I'm still thinking that. Is that not a thing? It's a, it was a, it's a fairly uh, popular streaming game at the moment. Um, Interesting. A lot of, uh, people are into it. Yeah. Like, uh, Markiplier, Game Grumps, Jacksepticeye, um, Lots of people have been playing. I've been watching some Let's Plays. I haven't tried it myself. Looks pretty funny. This is no no way an endorsement. Um, yeah. I just I enjoy watching the streams at times. Um, and then that's they, why I was so confused at first that he said, uh, "What is it? Ectophobia, plasmophobia? Oh, plasmophobia. Yeah, plasmophobia wasn't sponsoring the podcast. I was like, well, yeah, oh, it would hard to, yeah. it'd be hard for a, an Hi. irrational fear to this. Hi, I'm an irrational fear, and I'm giving you." 
$300 for an ad spot. <laughs> Welcome to Misinformed Nation. We are not sponsored by homophobia. <laughs> um, well, uh, I got two more here. These get a little longer, but uh, I just, you know, I really appreciate what, what these... are so cute. They're cute. They're lovely. Yeah. It's a great and little thing they got going on. As far as I'm aware, she does all of the editing for the show. Huh. So it, it's, uh, you know, I think she's learning some really cool skills. And I, I, I want to say Sir Spencer was just talking about this with, uh, what was his name, Mike? Oh, yeah. Yep. Talking about being like this younger age and a time like uh, last year. And, and um, you know, just imagine what we would be doing if we'd started this 10 years ago. Yeah. Or 12 years ago or 15 years ago. So it's some it's some cool stuff. But um, uh, another place that I've toured or I've been to through the tours over the years was Eastern State Penitentiary in uh, Pennsylvania. The Eastern State Penitentiary, also known as EESP, which is easier for me to say, so I'm going to say ESP, is a former American prison in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It is located at 2027. Fairmount Avenue, which is the correct way to say it, I believe. Between Corinthian Avenue and North 22nd Street. Street. <laughs> I'm sorry. Street. I like how you can hear me just crack up in the back. <laughs> nice around. execution. You're doing terrific. <laughs> uh, I just I thought that was uh, pretty amusing. What That's was a great uh, one? <laughs> Tired, okay, I've been working all day okay. yeah, I know in the Fairmount section of the city and was operational from 1829 to until 1971. And I did watch a video on this before I did this, so I just like added a little bit of notes in here. I watched a video about someone who worked for the um, attraction that they did there, so they know a little bit more about it than I do. <laughs> the penitentiary refined the revolutionary system of separate incarnation first pioneered at the Walnut Street Jail, which emphasized principles of reform rather than punishment. Notorious criminals such as Al, Al Capone just rolls off the tongue too easily. I feel like it should be harder to say. No, nope, it's just Al Capone. <laughs> Al Capone. Or Scarface. Al Capone. Al Scarface. Capone. Yeah. Notorious mobster. Mobster lobster. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. There's your next cartoon character. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's super fun. It's super cute. The mobster lobster. That's classic. Yeah. I'm, mobster lobster. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be definitely interested to see what happens if, uh, uh, you know, like well, what this show would look like in a couple of years if uh, they make it, they make their way into headier topics or yeah. if, if they go a little deeper on stuff. Um, you know, if it'll, how do I phrase this? Do y'all think that Fun Fact Friday will become a Dimension A or a Dimension B show? Is that a weird thing to ask? Hmm. I don't know. Both? Could be. Yeah. I mean, we all uh, slip around at times, and actually, we'll get to it later, so this is kind of a tease, but that's sort of what I brought today is going to deal with, like, yeah. um, 
I think around, I think it's only foolish to to think or claim that you're always in A all the time and you always have that like anchor and know what's going on. Okay. I think it's I think it's super easy to be tricked. You know what I'm saying? I agree. That's fair. I got tricked at the start of the Rona. I remember like first week thinking, oh, everyone just shut. We should all be indoors forever. Oh, no. What's going on? <laughs> and then about after about I don't know, two three weeks, I suddenly thought, oh, it's one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, being then, all right. Being one of seven or eight billion, it's like you're easily influenced by the rest of them. I, I guess I guess the way I should have phrased the question, and maybe this will make a little more sense. It would be curious to see if they ever do any rabbit hole dives into conspiracy related stuff. You or know, it's if- funny. I was I saw an OBDM clip where they were taking questions and one of the questions was like, how do you conspiracy guys like raise your daughters? And I thought their answer was very um, poignant. It was like they want to raise free thinkers, you know? They don't want to raise somebody who's like died in the wool of their own beliefs. They want to raise some thinkers who have the tools to go out, analyze situations, always be questioning, and then come to their own conclusions. And they basically were like, you know, if my daughters want to grow up and think – oh, my dad's a nut job and he believes in these things, like, that's fine. And if they want to also believe all of this stuff is, like, for real, that's fine, too. Mm. Uh, I And I really love that because, like, that's how I want to raise my kids, too, is free thinking. Um, I don't need you to believe what I believe. I need you to go out and figure out what you believe. Don't, don't you you got to tell them at some point how it is, though. Oh, absolutely. And if, and that's what they said too, you know, if they ask me questions about stuff, I'm going to tell them what I think about stuff. I'm not going to just be like, Oh, well you figure it out. But at the same time, you can't, uh, just create an army of people brainwashed to believe exactly what you believe. It's like a Chinese finger trap. Sorry to bring the CCP up so soon, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) you pull your your fingers out and it it gets harder, doesn't it? But then you got to slowly just inch them out. Yeah. Give a bit of wiggle room. Get them fingers out. I think I would set my kid down. I'd be like, roses are red, violets are blue, Harambe's in heaven, Bush did 9 11. Oh, man. Two tragic things. Absolutely tragic. Well, mm. speaking on uh, going hard in the paint on conspiracies, I have one more clip from Fun Fact Friday. I don't remember. Why I pulled this one? Um, let me go about halfway. Let's see what. what so was. the tools that they use. For- oh, do you guys have any interest in hearing the the list of uh, equipment that they are supposed to use for ghost hunting? To me, it was the, just like a shopping stuff, list of, yeah. of stuff that I wanted to buy. Okay. <laughs> so the tools that they use for ghost hunting: um, photographs, obviously, EMF meter. We talked about that. Uh, it's supposed to detect fluctuations fluctuations in electromagnetic fields which is supposedly evidence of ghosts um temperature measurement ambient temperature measurement uh thermographic cameras thermal imaging cameras infrared thermometers oh excuse me uh digital analog recording equipment for the voice phenomenon i was talking about a little while ago a compass um some of them believe that ghosts can affect a compass Geiger counters. So, so they're walking magnets is what they are. They're, they're well, walking invisible magnets. Electromagnetic fields will mess with a compass as well. Yeah. So 
Um, ultrasonic sensors, infrared, dowsing rods. Um, they'll call in psychics or mediums or clairvoyants, which is a whole other show. Uh, <laughs> they do interviews with people to get their stories. Um, and then there's the Ouija board, uh, yes. uh, which used to be called a talking board, I Spirit believe, board. Or speaking board. Uh, speaking board, yes, maybe talking board. board. Anyway. You're supposed to be able to communicate with spirits with that. I was thinking uh, about getting one of those to communicate with Franny. Mm, what? Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm a little afraid of Ouija boards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a little afraid of them. Why? Um, night vision cameras. We'll talk about it later. Uh, so, the source of evil, Milton Bradley. <laughs> yeah. Now uh, now I know what I want to talk to Metis about when he comes yeah. on our show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My wife is a... A Ouija board veteran. Oh, oh shit! No, I got that sense of her. Massachusetts, Ugh. you know. Right. I can't, I can't uh, do it. Just freaks me, creeps me out. I just no, don't want to go anywhere near it. I'm a love and light guy. You know what I mean? I've had some weirdness show up in photos, uh, and one of the one of the weirder ones I'll put in the bowl chat because I don't really know where else to put it. Um, but there's this an like an asocial stick there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's probably smart, huh? There's like a uh, we were out by this old barn, and I just took a picture of the barn. Oh, Didn't wow. see nothing or whatever. Mm. Uh, but then later on, when you look at it, there's just this like weird foreground cloudiness to it that is really totally undefined. It's just like blob stuff. But like I can tell you, none of that was there. It wasn't yeah. a foggy night. It wasn't cloudy. The and like none of the other pictures. Like this was a picture I took right after. Or well, my girlfriend at the time took it because it's of me. But uh, there wasn't it wasn't anything on the lens. That's what I'm trying to say either. Right. You need to, you need to go back with Midas and all his kit and just like dick around over there. See if you can I mean, get booger in and get some of these crystals. This could happen. <laughs> oh, I got. I got guys that make crystals. first contact. We could be the ones. Could you imagine? That'd be it. Sorry, ghost hunting podcast. I'm pretty sure Zach Vegas <gasps> has already that? documented plenty of evidence. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm a big I'm a big believer in ghosts. I I haven't seen anything visual, but being in like those old ass uh, Civil War hospitals, Ugh. I just I get the constant feeling something's following me around. And yeah, it is. The, I saw one, uh, <laughs> or at least I don't know. I can't really say what it was, other than it looked like a a girl. Um, I was like sixteen or seventeen, probably sixteen. Ride my bike home at like night. And I saw somebody like walking behind my house was totally undeveloped at the time. So it was just like an empty field. And then this, the, um, there was still street lamps on the street, but there was just no houses after mine. Mine was the last house on the left. Ha ha. And, uh, the street lamp was there. And so there was this girl like walking in that field and I was like coming home. I could see her and I just, she was like walking. And then as she passed behind the street lamp, she couldn't see, she never came on on the other side. And so then like I biked oh. over there, but there was nobody there. Uh, is it me or is it getting colder in here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've grown up in pubs that are like at least 300 years old so holy shit yeah that's you, honestly some i mean we could just do this a whole show to be fair but um, <laughs> the, 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 the craziest thing that ever happened to me was probably 
at a New Year's Eve party and I'm chasing my, my cousin around with five, um, you know, those poppers that you pop and the yeah. streamers come out. I've got them in my hands and I've got all this string and I've, over my one other hand, I'm going to go up to his face and pull all five of them at the same time. And he's running away from me and he runs into the, the, uh, the ladies' loose and he shuts the door. And the, like the cubicle, there's only one cubicle. And I get there really quick and I put my foot and I get the door just as it's sort of a jar and I'm pushing and it's pushing back and I'm pushing and it just gives way and there's nothing in there. And I literally just, I just, yeah, I pulled all five of the poppers and legged it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good like 10, 15 seconds of like genuine, um, you could just feel like the push, pushing back, like something behind there. Just, yeah, I mean. I try and get all that stuff out of me, to be fair. So that's why you keep your Bible handy, don't you, boys? Right next <laughs> no to you. doubt. I don't, I don't <laughs> have a Bible nearby, but I got the Book of Mormon. So yeah, you got you got the internet, ultimate Bible. Yeah, I've got yeah those, both of those. I've got a kids' application Bible too. Oh, no, you didn't lend me that. Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up the second show here, so we can get y'all in. I'm probably gonna skip a couple and just blast through these quickly, but. I brought one show that will always go hard in the paint. I've listened to them for a long ass time. They're probably right in line with Grime America as far as the second show that I navigated to post the higher side chats. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would catch every single episode up until like the 300 range. And then I had to step away for a little bit because Sam Tripley of the Tinfoil Hat podcast just got a little oh. too. <laughs> On the rails for me. <laughs> okay. Um, I, you know, I love Sam. I, I think XG is a super rad guy. I've actually, uh, he, XG is one of the co-hosts and um, I've been chatting with him back and forth over the past year or so. Super cool. Um, Eddie Bravo's on there. I'm a big Eddie Bravo fan. I think he's funny as fuck. Um, but this is uh, from their latest episode. I don't have it. Uh, 446. This was. Eddie uh, Bravo. Hey, just in time. Oh, he's there. Uh, we got Antarctica, Middle Earth, Exopolitics, and the Forbidden Technologies with Brad Olson. And that was episode 446. And here's the first clip. Uh, Admiral Byrd put together Operation High Jump to go and confront them. And it was a huge armada of ships of other countries. As- he's talking about uh, the Americans uh, encountering Nazis in the bases. Well... They get down there, uh, day one, they're doing some recognizance. They found point two eleven. They they dropped some ordinances. They went back the next day to do a much heavier bombing, and all those planes just dropped from the radar, never to be heard or seen again. On that same day was the Battle of High Jump, and that's when these crafts came out of the water, confronted the Armada. They couldn't be shot down. They sliced one of the boats in half, And I've even gone so far as to talk to a marine salvage company about trying to hunt down the USS Murdoch, because then again would be evidence that the Battle of High Jump occurred. And that's why Admiral Byrd had to turn around that expedition two months into the six-month journey and leave because of this confrontation at sea right off of New Schwabenland. New Schwabenland, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, that's supposedly or, or reportedly where the Nazis set up base in Antarctica was New Schwabenland. And then uh, it's not that far of a stretch, but then you start thinking like uh, Klaus Schwab and all that shit. I don't know. Some, oh, yeah. food, some food for thought. God, it's Ooh, got nothing, nothing a, on like the that. old Schwabenland. <laughs> 
Uh, uh, we've got to welcome Sir, Sir Seat Sitter in. So. Yeah. We got a Sir, Sir Seat Sitter. Oh, yeah. Is my eyes deceiving me? <laughs> Sorry, I'm late. I had my best buddy's birthday party was last night, and we got a little too fucked up. So yeah, you did. Had to had to trudge had to trudge get myself out of out of being sunk into the couch and hung over and get over to my house. And, but I'm here. Nice. That's heroic, actually, man. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you. We uh, the boys when they were on a boat stole a, a, a golf flag, um, and so we sh- mowed the. Off of off of a golf course, and we mowed the yard down real low. Oh, damn. And we had like a green. We were whacking golf balls, playing cornhole. It was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, nice. Anyway, well done. So, um, this is you're playing tinfoil hat right now, from yep. what I understand. Yep, the, the, right, the latest one. And I will say that Sam is really cleaned up his behavior. The one thing that I was getting really frustrated about <laughs> is he would just <laughs> railroad through his guests. And well, oh, like always, Alex Jones does. Yeah. And he always had the same talking points and the same jokes. And it was always about the blue Twitter check marks. And like, I get it. <laughs> he was on OBDM yesterday and he did bring up the blue Twitter check marks. Um, <laughs> Tripoli, I love the guy, but he's, I don't know if he's like half retarded from his crack addiction years or what, but he's, what? he's, uh, he's got a fuse loose for sure. But don't I we all in some way? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, did not know that. Um, let's. Uh, I, I like Tripoli though. Yeah, and you know it's uh it's kind of like a, a Fisher Price of podcasts, and that's not meant to be as a dig, but it's kind of like it's very out there. It's very accessible. Um, it's like a gateway podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, I think he even refers it his uh, tinfoil hat. I think Sam even calls it the training wheels for like conspiracy training wheels. Podcasts. That, that's the word like, I was looking get, for. Yeah, to get you, he even refers to it as, as like, this is just to get people in who aren't, might not be into it, into it, and to jump off to like deeper shit. Like, he's, he's one of the people that really dozen. go deep. Yeah. Well, I got, to, I got two more on the topic of Antarctica. And then I have a little bit of inside baseball that I want to share from this episode. Mm-hmm. So let's, uh, let's get through these last two real quick. Well, fast forward to 10 years later, and we, the U.S. military is doing top secret atomic bomb testing called uh, Operation Argus. And it, too, happened to be right off the coast of New Schwabenland. And they were basically sending nuclear bombs high up into the atmosphere. This is the cover story to um, to basically poke a hole in the uh, ozone layer. That's uh, alternative one. And here's a picture in the book of some of those nuclear missiles that were going up in um, were they hitting a Argus. firmament? Or do you think they were trying to hit the firmament? Well, that that's the cover oh, no. story. If you look on uh, Wikipedia. It'll tell you, yeah, and this is still a top secret atomic bomb testing program. But what I think they were really doing was hurling some nukes over at the uh, New Berlin base to put an end to that uh, base once and for all. And so what's really interesting is that right after this happened in 1958, (laughs) the original articles for the Antarctica Treaty were formulated. And one of the top points was that there would be no nuclear testing or nuclear bomb activity whatsoever on the Antarctic continent. Well, that's interesting because if nothing's ever happened, why would you have to make such a big point of it never happening again? (laughs) Because it happened then. 
uh, in the, the last clip here, he, he goes on to say that when he visits Antarctica again, he wants to come with a Geiger counter uh, to, to verify how accurate that information is to see if he can find this uh, new Schwabenland base that would be irradiated, I suppose, if it was mm. indeed wiped out with a fucking nuclear attack. It's pretty interesting stuff. I got to go through and finish the last quarter, but I was listening to it on the drive back yesterday. Ah, oh, it's always a mystery what's going on down there, and everyone is like the biggest thing that there is. Yep. You know, we're all at war, except we don't do sod all down there. It's just all, if it's even down there, it could be all around us. I don't know. I've not <laughs> been there, so I don't know. Hey, it's on my list of things I'd like to check out. We'll see if yeah. it'll happen. Um, you can report back boots on the ground to us. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't going there, In the morning sure. from Antarctica. Um, have a mate up so this is uh (laughs) these are some inside baseball and i just wanted to get y'all's opinion on these these are no way endorsements from me i don't even have this account i don't know what's up with it i just thought this list of names was interesting oh sorry well this is not the list of names okay i should make the announcement here uh finally it's time for the big announcement yeah we're basically come to terms and I am the new head of comedy at Rockfin. I am in charge of comedy development. Thank you, Swarm. And uh, what basically does that mean for us is that I'm going to be shutting down my Patreon, the Tinfoil Patreon, moving everything to Rockfin and doing everything there. I'm going to be shutting down a lot of stuff on my own website because we've, we've made a good deal. And I'm going to be everything over there. And what does that mean for everybody? Well, all I got to say is now I am in a position where I can help content creators. And just like all my other shows where I practice the law of abundance, the, the, the model of abundance. And why my my pot my my live shows like Comedy Chaos always <laughs> thrives because I I I I got out of my way and I allowed artists to thrive. All right, we'll stop that one there. So most important thing, the director of comedy, which I thought was kind of interesting because um, yeah. last week we had talked about the Grimerica Outlawed show, right? And one of the things that they're doing with Outlawed is live streaming on Rockfin. Um, uh-huh. And it sounds like something that they're fairly into i mean they've they've brought it up almost up every episode getting people to come i don't know what the specifics are about the subscription and stuff but the thing it's, that sorry what's that go ahead i was i was just i had an anecdote about rockfin what you're doing. oh gotcha um here's a list of motherfuckers that uh, i guess are on there now so you know vimeo will now shut people down they've done it to my patreon they've shut down my patreon before a lot of my old videos are no longer on the Patreon because Vimeo shut me down. I'm done with that. And at this moment, Rockfin is all about freedom of speech. At this moment. Free expression. So I'm going to work with them on growing that brand and bringing you guys and helping the content creators you love and you create the best content out there and monetize their content. So, so artists can make a living being artists and focus on art. And guess what? Guess what? Guess what they're doing at, at Rockfin? They're bringing all the savages. Right? 
Jimmy Dore, Abby Martin, Lee Camp, and then everybody, you know, all of them are over there. Who are some of your favorite people that have been on the show? Whitney Webb, she's over there. Yeah. I was really surprised about the Jimmy Dore one. Jimmy Dore was that. Yeah, man. Jimmy Dore's a big hit. I think Jimmy knows his time on YouTube's coming to a close. Um No, we, so what my understanding of Rockfin is it's like they do a Netflix model where you pay a subscription to Rockfin and you get access to all of the content on there. Okay. And then even if you're still on YouTube or something and you're like have a deal with Rockfin like Grimerica has to make a from what I understand, they make exclusive content that's only on Rockfin. So, like every month or so, they'll do a couple bonus episodes that you can only catch if you have a Rock, Rockfin subscription. So, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, whether or not that's going to last. Leaking out and getting, getting I can't. Yeah. I can't remember who uh, mentioned Rockfin to me at first, but I think it was. Uh, I think it was me that had sent it over. It, I think it was probably yeah, because you were like, it was on one of the late nights, and I was looking through. But this content restrictions clause, this is the kind of stuff in the terms of service that I will never get on board with. Mm -hmm. um, it's a big no-no. I know that, you know, he likes to say freedom of speech, and a lot of these startups will take the hit early when they're first starting up to get boosted, and then yeah. once they get the audience in, then they start shutting things down. But even right now, their content restriction clause says, among other things, I'm just going to pull a section of it, Explicitly but not limited to content you may not upload, post, or transmit any video, image, text, audio, recording, or other work that promotes Nazis or neo-Nazi groups, KKK <laughs> groups, white supremacist what? groups, ISIS terrorist groups, misogynist groups, or groups that advocate anti-gay or Holocaust denial agendas, huh? infringes any third party's copyrights or other rights, exploits minors, old, con contains pornography. Holocaust denial agenda. Yeah. Depicts unlawful yeah. acts or extreme violence, depicts animal cruelty or extreme violence towards animals, violates That's any right. law. So some of those are reasonable, but other of those are kind of, let's say, vague at best. Mm -hmm. And so, so and that's like the current that, one. Though? They can update this at any time and add whatever they want. And is, so, he's talking about Antarctica and the Nazis. Isn't that promoting Nazis? Any Nazi listening to that is going to go, yep, we got that ground. That was ours, you've, man. You've got to wonder. You've got to wonder if he's promoting a Nazi or a neo-Nazi group in that, even subtly. I don't know. Yeah. Do they know? It's Do definitely you know? got that sort know. of, uh, I don't know if Honeypot is as egregious as it is but it's definitely and attracting because like he goes on it. to list jay dyer jamie deluxe uh the the payments too are in um it looks like their own centralized shit coin ah there you go yeah. okay well you're not getting cash the uh <laughs> suddenly he's out <laughs> <laughs> what do they call it r-a-e mint Ah. Uh -huh. Seventy seven seven thousand two hundred RAE tokens per mint. Oh. So they oh, they have yeah they have their own shit. Coin Do those tokens at least get you like a couple pinball games at the arcade or what? <laughs> no, you gotta uh, play the ski ball for tickets and then you train the tickets in for your actual amount <laughs> PayPal deposit. Out. It's yep. like those games with the little uh, phone ads that you play. Like <laughs> it's interesting to note how out many of money those, um, play this game. How many of those those people on that list there are, were were verified by by YouTube? Because Jimmy Dore's got his own little tick thing going on, mm -hmm. and obviously the tick thing is like one of those. Well, you get marked, don't you? It's only a matter of time before the 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 the, the things that you say you get you kicked off the tick thing. But once you're ticked, it's that's it. You're I, ticked. It's the mark. I think it's interesting that Sam 
even said like for now they are into free speech or whatever like i'm paraphrasing yeah. but it's almost like even though he doesn't know his subconscious already knows yeah there's mm-hmm. one part where he goes on he's like yeah you know uh, i want to be in like the comedy department or co- comedy division yeah, yeah. And the communications like, division and the yeah. spiritual division yeah, i was exactly. like Man, he's like, it's a little. I'm the head of the comedy, so I can help content creators. And it's like, whoa. He's got a great character. You're on a, you're fantastic. You're brought in on a high (laughs) tier of this MLM thing that they're gonna roll out. You know, Mm. whereas we like to say, thank you for the value for value. Yeah, right. I don't, I don't see anything necessarily wrong with like Grammarica and whoever else Jimmy Dore putting their stuff over here, but yeah, I, I wouldn't put all my eggs in that basket if I was any of them. Right. And it, yeah. and it is weird, like that. Rockfin makes they want you to do exclusive content. So if, if does that mean if you leave Rockfin, they own that like content, or can you publish it later once you're no longer working for them or with them? You know, how's that work? Do we, do we uh, it's it's are? only to them. Yeah. Um, where are they? What country are they in? America? I'm not sure about the country here. It's always important. I always like to find that out. You know, where's that? The, where's the, the whole point is you license uh, your creator content uploaded to the Rockfin platform, and then all of that content is bound to this whole agreement. If you go to rockfin.com slash TOU, that's the terms of use, and it spells yeah. everything out. And I just didn't like it, man. I mean, anytime you have terms of use, that's already kind of uh, irking me. But then when it goes on for this long, it's like, this is too much. It's like uh, on podcasting 2.0 when they start, anytime they're like, well, we have to talk to the lawyers. Then they're like, oh, well, fuck it. Let's just not even do that. (laughs) (laughs) Too much money. As soon as you have to talk to lawyers, you know that this isn't going to be fun. You're in the wrong territory. And that's, I I agree with you. Like anybody who wants to do the Rockfin thing and put their content on there, like more power to you. That's fine. I'm just... With my stuff that I put out, I never want that to be in any walled garden. Yeah. No walled gardens for me. And that's just a personal choice. Yeah, I agree. Well, to to kind of wrap up that point, I will say I found a self-hosted video streaming service called Owncast. I'm going to check it out. It's a one-click install on the mm-hmm. servers that we're using for the Icecast stream. So nice. we might be able to just stream directly to our website. And that's oh, I, that's yeah, the sort of stuff I, 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 I hope ultimately to, to see dudes like uh, Sam Tripoli. And, but it's really their producers that need to make right. this happen. Yeah, you're right. Because you know he just is getting in front of the microphone and going off. Like that's his job, and that's where it starts and stops. You know. Yeah, and yeah. it's Johnny. I forget his last name. That's a uh, or his stage name. Um, but yeah, it's it's got to be the producers and like the co-hosts that are mm-hmm. a little more in the weeds. I think and. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, ho- I hope it works out for him. I really do. Cause fuck YouTube in the long run. And even no, no. if this oh, is like dead. a, a they're quick dead. little they're side detour, sweet. They're dead. All that stuff's going to die. We're doing a new thing. Podcasting 2.0 on you, you wait, it's just going to take off and, and it'll just, we never look, never look back and everyone will be going, we can't be canceled. And they'll just think, what can we do with these guys? Just irradiate them from the sky somehow. And then Starlink will kick in and it'll be fun. We'll get our little tinfoil shields up and be nice. (laughs) It's like the opposite of the walled garden. It's like uh, the broadcast here and you can, you can, you can pick it up in any of the gardens you use, you know? 
Yeah. And if you like it, you can go put a seed in that garden and say, exactly. give them something to <laughs> And then you can, you can take all the seeds from that seed and put them in all the other gardens. Hey, listen, you yeah, dicks, send money! <laughs> we have, this is how we build the Garden of Eden, guys. Come on now. It's, 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 it's great. Yeah, All right, I'm done. So, That's yeah, it. If I could take take the uh, take the ball. Um, so when I when I, when we think about this, I, I did a little internet searching. I don't like to use the term the other one, the G word. Um, so I did went on my favorite internet search engine of choice, and um, I, I looked up uh, misinform, and I found out there's a podcast by two ladies, and it's called misinform. So I thought, oh, let's take some clips off of that because that'd be funny. So if you just start with uh, what's it? Uh, off 2.1 misinformed into i've meant to say intro but i did a classic john and misspelled it <laughs> hello i'm rena grove and i'm madvi romani and this is misinformed where we'll be talking about our latest internet obsessions so madvi what did you get obsessed with this week I have What's up with been the Christmas music? thinking about obituaries and how we honor the oh. dead. Very nice. Yeah, so that's how they start off. That's a little intro, and then they go in. All right, let's just go. So they, that, this is the week where the big start dying. So starting strong yeah. with a obituary. These slide. guys, they don't beat around the bush here. They're not gonna. They're gonna mess around with their time. They're only twenty minutes long, so I'll, I won't take up much of your time here. Play, play two point two. It's, it's, it's a classic. I mean, obviously, when Prince Philip died, it was just everywhere. I think we were together and you were like, oh, no, it's all over my news feed. And then I was looking at the New York Times and I read the DMX obituary. And what was quite interesting was the Prince Philip obituary was placed above DMX, which is weird because he's a 99 year old guy who didn't do anything. And not only did he not really do anything, he didn't have as much achievement as DMX. He was also a racist and a bigot and a classist and an elitist and just, he did terrible things and said terrible things. <laughs> so he, he did nothing, but he, he, he did nothing, nothing but terrible things. That's basically what she's saying. There. That's, oh, but man. her co-host or whatever. I can't believe like, they put so, yeah. Prince they Phillips that, above yeah. DMX. Oh, I know. Can yeah, you believe it? <laughs> He's 99, guys. Why is he up there? He's, not, He's just, just an old white man. <laughs> He's just an old white man. What a dipshit. Uh, I thought it was classic. Anyway, yeah, so, um, her co-host makes a good point in 2.3. So let's have a little listen. The way that when... Oh, sorry. I'd... Go on. The way that when someone famous dies, suddenly everyone, this is an inspiring hero, everyone needs to have a performative aspect of grief. In some way, if you legitimately admire someone, I can see how this releasing or sharing your emotions or finding comfort in speaking about how much a person meant to you. But there's this weird performative aspect to it that it doesn't quite sit right with me. And also just like Prince Philip was a shitty person. Let me say he was a shitty person. Why does decorum dictate that we suddenly pretend like he was a saint? Lordy. <laughs> Takes one to know one, I suppose. <laughs> what was it? Yeah. The the performative something about grief? Yeah, so performative grief. Yeah, so I thought that's quite a good one, actually, because it is that, isn't it? People perform grief. It's once you co collect in a, in a church, in a funeral, and you look around and everyone's performing their grief, you suddenly... Uh, take part in that performance it's almost like how the, the coof has gone around the world twice already mm. here let me let me play in another example of that holy fucking shit you guys <laughs> is that right, right? wow i know Wait. these guys are a gold mine um and i could have just 
you know lined up the whole show really because it's, it's <laughs> out and that it's missing foot so anyway do the um do the next one was it two four that's a that's a goodie the New York Times also kind of addressed it, but they put it all the way at the bottom of the obituary. They said, you know, these are the some of the comments, because you can't ignore it, is the thing. You can't ignore this blatant racism. So they put it all the way at the bottom. Before that, they actually put the fact that he answered the phone, the landline at Buckingham Palace. He was the first royal to do this. So it's very interesting what they choose to place where and what literally has prominence and is above another thing. Surely you would put the fact that he was a colonialist and insulted a lot of people and was incredibly privileged and awful. Once he was talking at somewhere for like smoke detectors and he was with a woman who had lost two sons in a fire and he said, oh, they're awful things. I've got one in the bathroom and every time I fill the bath up, the steam sets it off. I mean, the guy was a stupid bigot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I used to take the fire, the smoke detectors in my apartment that we lived in in Columbia because they'd get low battery and start chirping. Ugh, and we would the pitch worst. them out the back window into the parking lot. We would just pitch them out the window. I mean, they chirp all the way alarms. down. Were they going, chirp? Was it they threw them? Oh, yeah. They'd still be chirping out in the field, but you just couldn't hear it as well. <laughs> the crickets uh, are freaking out. They're like, what the fuck's that? Some alien monsters in the field. If, uh, if hating smoke detectors makes you a bigot, then I will be a bigot. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought it was hilarious. And they keep digging him out. So let's just keep digging, <laughs> digging on big, big bad. He hated too. smoke detectors. <laughs> what was it? 2.5? 2.5, yeah. In the New York Times, they did mention that he said all sorts of racist things like, he saw a black British person once and said, Oh, what exotic part of the world do you come from? Or he addressed a bunch of British students in China once. He said, oh, if you stay here any longer, you'll all become slitty-eyed. It's really terrible stuff. He said to an Aboriginal Australian, so still throwing spears then. He asked a little African girl if she was a woman. <laughs> wow. Like, guy, why did he not have his own reality TV show? Because it's just, it's a, it's, a, it's a crime against humanity that that didn't happen because there's a walk-in just a gaff bomb like a totally utterly hilarious guy why didn't we have that it's a shame <laughs> yeah man if 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 these chicks ever find or get a hold of uh, some old bob hope routines man oh my word they're gonna get i might send them it <laughs> triggered to pieces <laughs> yeah they, they are thought hilarious. of you xoxo <laughs> <laughs> they, they kind of keep on making this point about the New York Times and how the New York Times should be better than this, and what, we can accept that the BBC are what the BBC are, and they, they, you know, who the BBC are. But the New York Times should be putting DMX above Prince, you know, Prince Phil guy, and that's that's just that's terrible that they did, they didn't do that because DMX was from New York. So, but they kind of have a point, and it's it's almost it's almost endearing that they're shocked when they don't realise that the owners of the New York Times are in bed with everything else in the economic world and they're all basically doing their G-L-O-B-A-L thing. I call it mm. worldal now. I'm trying to take out that word from my lexicon. I'm just going straight for world. I think worldal does the best best job of it because it just kind of sums it up. Worldal, yeah. It's a new worldal order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love democracy. Oh, I think it's flawed. It's terribly flawed. I'm a, the I'm a, theocr I'm a theocracy guy. I think it's, if that's the way to go. Yeah, but there you go. That's just my crazy 
cock dreams. <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside baseball joke for anyone that doesn't realise. I am Griff oh, the give cock. give it to me. That's the one. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, let's plough on because um, this only gets better, believe it or not. Um, in, uh, yeah, was it, where are we at? 2.6. Isn't it? That's the one, yeah. 155,000 people die between when one edition of the New York Times is published and the next. Of all those people, only three people are given obituaries and they've been mostly white men. So the person who came up with this overlooked idea was actually a woman of colour, of course. But what's really interesting is the person who still decides, whose name is William MacDonald, who's the editor of the obituary section in the New York Times, is a white man. And I find that very interesting because that must have played a role in Prince Philip being must above... Have. DMX in both this case. Oh my god. <laughs> They're both white men. So it must have played a it just must have. That's the connection, guys. Their skin colour. Is that not racist? That is totally racist, isn't it? It is, definitionally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could have gone on and on and on with these, but we'll we'll go back to them in some in some months' time and see where they're at. But let's let's play them off because it's a torturous thing listening to them in an in, in entirety. But when you cut them up, it is actually quite funny. So yeah, I like these. <laughs> these <laughs> I remember when Boris Johnson was in hospital with COVID, and my comment was, "Well, I hope he dies of it." Ugh. <laughs> People are so fucking disgusting, dude. They call it COVID. <laughs> It just cracks me up every time. <laughs> that's why the first bit again, because I got to say it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when Boris Johnson was in hospital with COVID, and my comment was, "Well, I hope he dies of it." I remember when Boris Johnson what? was making a carvid. <laughs> what an original take, too. You know, she was the one that came up with the "I hope he dies." I'm sure. <laughs> Oh, and she just goes on to and Bolsonaro, but she never mentions Trump. So I don't know what's going on there. Oh, anyway, they've forgotten. They forgot, yeah. How quickly they forget. <laughs> He'll be back. <laughs> the orange shadow looms, guys. It's just growing in the in the background. All these white supremacists are getting more and more empowered by his absence. Because when he was there, it was it was like they didn't need to do anything, but now he's not there. They need to do stuff. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. <laughs> anyway so that was my off and i should have had an on but i think i've accidentally put another off on on the file so i've got two offers and not no honors i got one tiny on which is one of my favorite bits of no agenda from the last couple of months so play on one one because it's it's a real it's a real goodie It's Biden Sunday, and it's a doozy. Uh, yeah, well, Biden did his first press conference last Thursday, our show day, of course. And he he fielded 10 questions and, a, and some follow-ups. Can I read you the email you sent to me? <laughs> Biden press conference, OMG, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Best ever. <laughs> Uh, I could just imagine Adam when he opened that email and he's just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's that's what they're up against you see everyone else and then us and um, we're so much better than them so we'll, we'll we'll figure it out I don't know if you want to do two offs on a right It'd probably fall, throw us off kilter so if someone wants to come in with an on that'd be great I'll take the next off could do that couldn't we yeah um, I could do my on and 
interestingly, is it, is I don't it linked to your off though. So I don't. I don't. Ha- I don't have an off this week. Oh, um, okay. I'll fill your off. I'll be the so sub for your off. I'll be the yeah. I'll be the counterbalance. Um, nice. because I kind of wanted to bring this MoFax, the latest MoFax. Have you guys heard it? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It hit me like a fucking brick, and I just thought that. Like I alluded to earlier, you know, it's like easy to say, oh, yeah, I've been listening to No Agenda for a decade or however long we've been uh, individually listening, you know. Uh, I'm firmly planted in reality and I see through the media tricks. And this is one where, like, I listened to this a whole episode and by the end I was just, like, in tears and embarrassed because I realized I got tricked by this whole thing. And... uh we're just going to start it off here. Um, and I guess for a setup, Mo has taken clips from this interview of a heroin addict that uh, was at Skid Row. I think they call it the, the white underbelly or something like that. Soft it's white like, underbelly. The soft white underbelly. It's like a oh. series of uh, video interviews that uh, this documentary maker made with just some Random yeah, people. I've heard, who, I've heard of the soft white underbelly. That might be a UK thing. I've definitely passed my passed my path at some point. That. Uh, so this is the uh, some clips. I'll just start it off here. This was sad. Damn. So here we have a guy comes from a two parent household, yeah. smart kid, but just caught up in the wrong crowd, mm-hmm. and his life spirals out of control. Uh, I guess we can go into getting clip two. This is when I was 14. It was the first time I received a couple of them. Yeah. Um, they, you call this the uh, tibia? Yeah. And, um, Did it break the bone? It shattered the bone, actually. And um, the bone exposed to the air, which caused me to have what they call osteomyelitis, which is a bone infection. And osteo means bone, myelitis means infection. And during the time of my bone infection, um, I was prescribed narco. And the first time I ever took a narco, one that first that first narco, that first pill, I told myself, wow, I love this shit and I'm addicted. I swear. I mean, this is some stuff that I can relate to very heavily. Um the I've broken a few bones in my time. I've never had any bone infections. But I mean this kid is a bright kid, a sharp kid. Um, they mentioned he comes from a two-parent household. He was one of the top in his class. He's sitting there telling you the etymology of, uh, you know, the the conditions he's diagnosed with. And, uh, you know, he knows his stuff. And that whole um, idea of just um, taking taking a drug and just understanding knowing holy shit this has got a hold on me mm-hmm. uh, i mean i can sort of relate with the first time i ever had uh opiates prescribed to me uh and i i had broken my collarbone and they brought me a percocet in the hospital uh. and uh within like 10 minutes i was swimming i was like underwater uh <clears throat> i like uncomfortably numb where they yeah, say yeah. your lips move, but I can't hear what you're saying. That was just like playing over in my head because my mom would say something to me 
and I'd like see her talk and then I'd like kind of hear it like on a delay. Mm. And I was like, this shit is fantastic. And they came back and asked me what my pain was at. And I was like, it's still at an eight. And they brought me another one. <laughs> I didn't feel a fucking thing. But now, be honest you with know, yourself. Were you, con- were you conscious enough to say to yourself, if I say I'm a three, they're not going to give me another one. But if I say oh, I'm an eight, they'll definitely give me another one. Yeah, I knew exactly what I was doing. I mean, I was wow. at a negative two, you know, but I was nice. like... I want another Take me one. to minus 12, baby. I want another one. <laughs> and it was before, you know, it was like in the ER ER where they're first seeing you. So it's not like you're on a yeah. prescription and you're going against your refill and all that stuff. It's like they're just bringing it to you in a Dixie cup. So mm. I was like, oh, yeah, it still hurts like hell, you know, even though I was great. So what Mo masterfully did with these clips was they took this kid – and then he put he threw down the gauntlet. He threw down the challenge. He was like, what do you really know about Floyd? Like, you know, how do you know what his circumstances were leading up to it? What do you what do you know about him? This is a human being. Uh, here's my next clip. So you can imagine me able to get my hands on that pill for one dollar. You go crazy. You go nuts. So once I lost that, um, that value, that dollar value. I start experiencing withdrawals and being sick, dope sick. I never thought that, I never thought I experienced, I never thought I'd get to that point. I never thought that it'd happen. It happens. And um, you'd rather fucking be dead, man. You'd rather be dead than feel that feeling, that dope feeling, man. So um, yeah. I felt that, that, that dope sick. Um, I knew what opiates is, and I knew that heroin is an opiate, and I knew that it's, it's actually also affordable. So, um, by me knowing knowing that, I knew about Skid Row, downtown Los Angeles. I decided to take a take a trip down here, and the first person I encountered, man, I asked where you know where the dope, where the heroin. The first person I encountered, he had it. I took that dope, went home, I'm by myself, you know, with nobody, nobody got me on this. I went to the house, and believe it or not, I, you know, we got these Android phones. I went to YouTube, and uh, I'm trying to see how the hell I'm going to do this drug. Oh, man. The cartel now, is YouTube. complete with YouTube instructional videos. How to. Ugh. Now, if you say don't wear this or don't do take this, they pull your videos down. Yeah. But if you tell people how to shoot dope, oh yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, it's it's just so wild. Like the relatability of this. Now, as far as opiates for me, um, I know how to taper myself on on prescriptions, and I've never, I've made a promise to myself to never buy them. Um. Because I know, I know myself and I know my limits and I know if I ever started doing that, it would not end. And it, this hit, this hit minority so over there with that, that though. Like, isn't 60% like uh, one of those things that gets bandied around over here all the time is like, oh, 60% of Americans are on prescription drugs. Is that, is that true? Is that really a, is it that much? That's the pandemic. I, surely. Honestly, I think that's conservative. What? I think that's conservative, and oh most of it, word. most of it's things like, um, 
oh, I don't know, like um, antidepressants, things like that. Things like Zoloft. SRIs. Or, uh, is that what they say? They have SRIs. SS, I mean, or benzos SSRIs. almost killed Jordan Peterson. Huge. And, well, and yeah. people, yeah. especially in our generation. Stick people, around for some clips. <laughs> everyone has an Adderall prescription or yeah. a, or a something. You have That's some terrible, kind of guys. a fix. That is awful. That's it's, a terrible it's, position to be in. It's incredibly common. It's incredibly common. I personally, from my own experience, maybe 60% overall, but like in our age group, I think that's conservative. Wow. Yep. And it's only going to get worse if we don't stop stop it. I'll do to podcast on 2.0 really quick. I agree. I mean, it's like, uh, I don't go ahead. Sorry. I just, uh, the one, I, I guess the saving grace for myself is I've always hated pills. Like when my appendix exploded, they gave me all sorts of morphine and all a bottle of Percocet. I ended up giving the bottle of Percocet away. I didn't even charge the dude. I mean, wow. allegedly for it. Oh, <laughs> that deal. Come on now. Um, you could have failed it like to the, me. But that's the, like the first time I ever tried to uh, allegedly try Molly was at the Kanye West show right after Neutral Milk Hotel at Bonnaroo. And I just handed the bag away to this like a bunch of strangers because I was like, if I have this, I'm going to keep eating it. I don't know what's going to happen. I already feel so good. I've hugged every, I've hugged 100 strangers in the last half hour. I probably should give this away. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I prescription medication. I mean, even even when it's uh, the prescribed stuff from the doctors, I, I just I have no interest. And no, what I, sorry, you go. What, what I used to like to do with, with my own pills, uh, which I learned on Arrowhead, was okay. what's called a cold water extraction. And basically the way it works is you take, because um, the most common thing you'll be prescribed is um, either a Percocet or even more common is Vicodin. And Vicodin comes with about 350 to 500 milligrams of Tylenol per pill. And they cut it with Tylenol as an anti-abuse measure. So basically if you try to abuse these pills, you'll, you'll fuck your liver and kidneys all to death. And, uh, they, they put that in there, uh, as some sort of deterrent. Do they tell Uh, everybody that when they do it? Well, you know, they just say, I mean, should be the leading thing. But they don't, they really, they just say you can't take too many, but they don't, they don't talk (laughs) about why or how they don't say like, Oh yeah, this is cut with, uh, a strong dose of acetaminophen. And so if you take a bunch of them, you'll ruin your internal organs. But what I always did was you can crush the pills up into powder and then add boiling water and stir it around. Um, It it can and can't be advice. This is a... this is the way to remove the time purposes only. All right. Everyone? It's, how, it's how you pull the poison out of your opiates. <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably a good you, idea to be fair. You, you pull, pour the, the hot water in and dissolve everything. And then, uh, you get it real cold after. So you give it like an ice bath and at this, at those lower temperatures, the acetaminophen kind of solidifies into this goo, but the opiate, will still be dissolved in the water. And so then you just filter it through, you know, the best thing is like a, some kind of a nice chemical filter. Like if you have a Chemex coffee uh, filter, those are great. But even just regular coffee Very filters or whatever. things, coffee filters. You, you pour it through the filter. You can use a paper towel if you're hard up. And, uh, and then you just take it as a shot, whatever is filtered out. And so I used to do like three or four pills at a time like that. Because it's a higher dose of the opiate, but it's only the opiate. And then 
it's actually gross. You can see the filler and the acetaminophen left in the filter, and it's like just this big white glob of goop. And you're like, and you throw that in your trash can, and you're like, well, that's not going to my body. Uh, white and, globs uh, of goop are never good, everybody. I, but but that's <laughs> like, you know, not a lot of people even know that the poison is in there, let alone like that you can take it out, like you can remove it. Yeah. But, yeah, they used to they used to have like, I mean, the acetaminophen. I've been on this kick for a minute because it's like, uh, like the cough syrup they used to have used to be ridiculous, like the syrup and and they pumped a bunch of acetaminophen into that, like you said, to make to disincentivize people from abusing them. Same with hydros and oxy, yep. or, and it's like you they they haven't been good at communicating to uneducated people that don't look into it. That like, and it's just like you, you they literally put crap. they admit if you look into it, we put this in here because it'll kill people if they take too much, and that'll din- disincentivize abuse. Yeah, it's crazy. But it's like, so it's you would rather same... people die than get high. What? It's the same shit they used to do in Prohibition in the in the 20s. Oh, and, yeah, poison uh, the alcohol. Or in the, third, in the 30s where oh, they, yeah. you know, cut poison the alcohol, alcohol with poison. Oh, my God. Um, it's crazy. It is wild. and it's, We're uh, dealing with megalomaniacs here, guys. We are, yeah. These are the worst and, of the worst. And it, it, it makes no sense. I mean, like... If you're given a higher dose of uh, opiate per pill, like if you get the stronger ones, they also contain a stronger amount of acetaminophen. So it's just, it's incredible. While we're on this FDA style bullshit, I don't want to get off on this too much, but I've been like when Ben, when uh, Ben, Benthal Biden over there, this is like (laughs) Biden's talking about banning menthols, right? And I'm thinking, okay. The reason is because it's got even more chemicals. Like an average cig- cigarette has two to three thousand chemicals added in the United States, and menthols have like twice that or whatever. And you know, supposedly fiberglass particles, and they just put whatever they want in it. I'm thinking instead of banning menthols, why don't we do what every other country does, every other civilized country? Like America, for some reason, if you've noticed, alcohol and tobacco products, we don't list the ingredients on there. Like it's really rare that you'll find a beer. Uh, yeah, mm. vodka, wine, or a pack of cigarettes that say, here's what's in this. Have you still got Everybody else does it says, that. Where it's got, are they still allowed to put like their own brand on it? Because over here, it just had to be a, a black box with a white label. Like, you can't have no... Otherwise, it would, kids will want to smoke it. <laughs> yeah, Canada, they do the really grotesque, like, uh, this is your bloody piss after you smoked a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the pictures. Uh, yeah. Oh, I some a, of them are classic. My pack favorite of one sp- of them, yeah. Sorry, my favorite one of them is with this this it's a parent and he's holding a toddler and the toddler is like trying to push away from the parent and the parent's just blowing smoke in the toddler's face. And it says, <laughs> smoke inhalation can cause harm in children or something. I'll take a you picture of it when say. I see it next and I'll you post don't. it. I got it. My buddy brought me a pack of uh, cigarettes from New Zealand. It's like Dunhills or something. And on the back of all the cigarettes there, they have an autopsy photo. Like the whole back of the cigarette case is like a, yeah, actual autopsy photo yeah, of yeah. somebody's blackened lungs and you're it's like Jacinda. i couldn't even it's finish Jacinda the pack because every time i would open it i have to look at it so she, i guess that kind of fucking works that that's not harsh enough she thinks that that should be <laughs> it should be worse that there should be more <laughs> gore and blood on all the packaging i, I can guarantee that for nothing oh, yeah just into you know whatever arden her name is nightmare well, but, but my my point being is like we instead of banning menthols we really should just list the ingredients in them so everybody can make an informed decision. I think it's really fucked up as somebody who one of my jobs is at a liquor store that 
99% of alcohol and tobacco doesn't have the ingredients listed. Yeah, that it's is just like wild. guys catch yeah. up. Don't worry, you and China will get get with the plan. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna uh, roll back to the next clip here. I was trying my hardest to stay away from that needle, man, but I didn't like those two options. And uh, I got a grandmother who's a diabetic, man. I already had needles in the house. It was already in the house. So I got on YouTube. How in the hell do I bang this? How do I slam this? Bam! That first try, man, that shit shot, that blood shot, shot up in the ground. It shot right up in that syringe, man. And here I go. Just pushed it. 10 seconds, five seconds, 10 seconds. That rush, it's a rush, man, like no other. I swear to God to you, that rush was, was 20, 100 times way more, way more powerful, way more better than that first norco I told you I took. Really? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I knew it was, I knew it was, oh, I, I, I fucked up. I was trying, I was trying. Yeah, yeah. Oops, sorry. So he's uh, fucked, he's up, fucked up, right? right? He fucked up, man. When he laughs and says "oh shit," like that shit sends shivers down my spine. This is exactly why I've never banged heroin or done it at all. Because have you ever I, I've, I've, I've already, you know, I actually haven't. I've seen it one time in my life, and um, I actually was one of my one of my best friends for a time was a heroin addict and he respected me enough to never ever let me see it and i saw it one time and he was totally embarrassed by it um and then once i had seen it it was kind of too late so he kind of like let me look at it and he was like you know if you ever see it and it looks like this like he kind of like explained to me like you know what what good shit looks like and what bad shit looks like and this and that i was like but to me, I've always had in my mind the big three, uh, crack, meth, and heroin, where I just, like, would stay away from it. Because I've met enough people and I've heard enough stories exactly like this, kids. Exactly like, and, you know, you, you hear a lot of horror stories from people who have never, ever done drugs. And I don't take advice or I don't make decisions about drugs based on shit I hear from people who have never done drugs. I don't, I totally disregard anything they say because they don't know anything. But the people who have been in it and who know it, that's where I pay attention to. And if I ever try a drug, I'm on arrowhead reading experiences. I'm looking up dosages. I'm looking up history. I'm looking up all these things. I want to know as much as possible. But Yeah, exactly. And on the heroin stuff, I already know. I mean, if, if there's ever a time in my life where I'm doing heroin, it's going to be, I'm like an old man dying and it's like too late anyway. And who gives a shit? It's going to be like one of those situations because I just know it's going to be too good and too easy. Just like this. I know exactly like right when it's right when you start feeling it, man, you're going to be like, Oh, I fucked up. And, and I fucked up too. Cause I, I bet you're kicking back. I'm sorry. I didn't pull my audio back down. Um, but yeah, I mean, this kind of stuff, the reason that this episode of MoFax embarrassed me personally is because I've, I've traveled down these roads. I've met these people. I've broke bread with these people. And we all got tricked 
into coming down on one side or the other with George Floyd. And a lot of people made him into a superhuman. And a lot of people made him into a subhuman. And yeah. it's embarrassing for me to say, but I'm tricked. I got tricked into the second group. And I, sh- I fucking know better. Uh, clip nine, I'm going to play. Another thing I want to point out what Kevin said, he says, I would rather die yeah. than be dope sick. So that means he would rather kill than to be dope sick. You see how that works? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying him personally, but it's life or death. Mm-hmm. If you're suicidal, you could easily become homicidal. Two sides of the same coin, perhaps. Yes, because it's between me and that dope. I got to have it. Mm-hmm. And I don't care who, mama, grandma, whoever else. And these, and that's the thing. Those are real people that get victimized by, you know, abuser or drugs. They're family members. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's not the, you know, because it's like, well, I know they won't call the cops on me. It's, it's crazy. And then you have this guy, another cult leader, Dr. Carl Hart, come out and say, well, you know, shooting heroin ain't all that bad. Yeah, that's that's always uh, super helpful, too. <laughs> we've we've talked academics. about this on. Yeah, go sorry, ahead, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, we've talked about Carl Hart on my show uh, a little while back, and they, they didn't take it. I, I guess uh, Moe and Adam hadn't followed the story as close as I did because Carl Hart not only says taking heroin isn't that bad, he also himself injects heroin. Mm. And so yeah. we were talking about that. It was like, it a, was it a chicken or the egg situation? Did this guy start shooting, shooting heroin after his research as a PhD and found out it was fine and safe? Or... Did he was he already a heroin addict and he wanted to get a PhD to justify his addiction? <laughs> yeah, it makes you wonder, it doesn't it? He's all um, about the heroin though, Carl Hart. I'm gonna try to get just get through the rest of these because uh, I I made sure that there was no uh, off stream clip this week just because I wanted to make sure that I pulled everything I wanted to get from this mo. Poor Kevin yeah. had cleaned himself up. And I'm going to show you the power of people. When he did that episode of, uh, that we pulled the first clips from, mm-hmm. the support he got in the comments led him to clean himself up and get drug free. That's how people work. When we talk about karma or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, That's the power people have when people support people. He's my cousin, my first cousin. But we grew up in the same household. We called each other brothers. And um, his name is Renzo Hall, and you know that's my world. That's my that's my heart. Um, that's something I I I, I, I ain't never had, I ain't never endured that that pain. I still going through this pain. I, I don't think it'll ever heal. This that this pain, this loss that I took in. I I I wish I wish it upon no one, but I know we all have to go through it and. I know that some people have worse worse tragics than me, but this is my tragic, and I handled it the wrong way. I, I self-medicated again on a drug that is um, opiate. They call it fentanyl. Um, right back. It's a recent thing. I've been smoking it. It's a very dangerous drug, and I I, I know that I'm, I shouldn't fuck around with this. 
So um, that's why I'm here today to let you guys know that I kind of fucked up a little bit and I need y'all help, y'all support. And um, why it's early, the early stages of it. I get the hell off of that shit too. I kick hair on the ass, I kick this ass too. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, kick it, kick it. You got to. I mean, the beautiful thing about what Mo did bringing in this guy is he didn't spend the whole show talking about the circumstances George Floyd had found himself in or supposedly or whatever we know about him. He took another guy. He took another guy Mm -hmm. who's also an addict. He took another guy who's a smart kid, who's a bright kid, who's from a two-parent family, who also clearly here found a support group and then had the... uh, wisdom to know that he needed that help, that outside help from other humans and that love from other humans to be able to get back to, to good. And just the humanization of Floyd, I think was something that it was something I needed so bad. It's not happened. It's not happened over here. Nobody's humanized him. They've made him out to be something that he's not. Nobody's ever, they've either done what you said, gone on below or above. Nobody's ever looked at who the actual guy was, what his life was like, and how he got to the situation he got to where some white cop has put his knee on him. Or, and that's not even really how he died because that's not really what the, the court said, was it? I mean, I find right. okay. It's amazing how you talk to people and you say to them, God, wasn't it terrible? He didn't even die. And I say this to me, I go, he didn't even die. After all that, he didn't even die after go put And they go, what? What are you talking about? I said, well, well yeah, did you not read it? And the coroner's report, it was, it was there. Yeah. Go, no, no, I didn't and even know that. <laughs> it's just kind of crazy for me because... You, you read the toxicology report, and then for me, the takeaway was just that simple. It was like, oh, well, he ate the fentanyl, you know? Yeah. And then, like, that's where I leave it. But I didn't even do the extra steps of, like, oh, he ate the fentanyl, so he had the fentanyl, so he was doing fentanyl. And what does that imply? What are the implications? What does that mean? This guy's an addict. What does that mm-hmm. mean? What is this guy going through, you know? Is it self-inflicted? Yeah. A lot of that is. Is it a choice that he made or a series of choices? A lot of that is. But why and how? Is it understandable? Yeah. Is it human? Is it something I could find myself in? Is it something my kids might one day find themselves in? 100%. Absolutely it is. Yeah. And we yeah. totally have missed that. And, like, I'm so grateful to be hearing this stuff because... To Mo. Um, He's bringing it to I your mean, table. I, I got tricked, too. You know, I they tr- they tricked yeah. me, man. This is the thing with like what we've got for going over on a here. year. Like off the stream, you've got all this stuff, and this is what we're trying to say with with everyone listening. And then on the stream, you've got stuff like Mo doing, and what, what Mo is doing. There's no award that he can be given that yep. will ever ca- like, ever catch up with what he's given to everybody by doing what he's doing. And Adam, dude, and Mo is Mo is like what? top three podcasters of all time in my book, if not number one. I think I think he could be. I mean, John might take umbrage to the number one spot there because No Agenda yeah. is the best <laughs> podcast. It's definitely the second right. best. It's definitely the second best. Um, but listen, guys, oh. I've, I've got a whole whole 
um, row of stuff to do, but I'm going to have to push it back because the missus, she's having a mare with the with the young and he's got some sort of lung disease going on. I don't know. Oh, Hopefully no. it's not long coof. That'd be nice. Um, yeah. But if not, then never mind. But I'm going to have to shoot. I'm going to leave you all to it. But uh, yeah, it's been cool and I'll catch you up. And are we doing it every two weeks? Is that the, is that the thing? Yeah, that's yeah. the plan right now, tentatively. Okay, because I, I had an idea of like if we... If we could do it every week, I'd be up for that if it was like a rolling thing. But maybe we'll, we'll just have a chat when it's not. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, All I'd right. be open to anyway. it too. Maybe if we get the board together. and I mean, <laughs> Lord knows there's enough out there, isn't there? The podcasts are popping off yeah. everyone left, right and center. Well, I, we'll, we'll talk about it in the in the chats, but I think mm. I might have a solution for that. We'll, we'll treat it like a bubble package Power Rangers, if you know I like what I mean. That. I like that already. Instantly. Yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Then anyway. Uh, it's been good. Catch you all there. Bye. Hell yeah, man. Cheers. Thank you for your Thank courage. You. Uh, so let's get to the next clip here. Oh. And guess who's the who's in bed with China, Mexico, and you know saying and the pharmaceutical company? Well, who and you tell me I'm supposed who, to be worried about the police? <laughs> and you think I'm supposed to be now? My number one concern is the police. And I'm gonna say this, and you're saying, and we can wrap on this. Here's the thing. I don't care which side of the argument you are on this case, you didn't get justice, period. And that should bother you like it bothers me. Because if, because if you thought you think you if you think it was murder one and it should be four on, on trial for murder one by by the law of the land, not by my opinion. You can't pick and choose when you want to apply laws. That's the problem. And if you want to say he was not killed by that police officer and drugs killed him, I need to see a perp walker. Gupta, her father, and all the fentanyl supplies from China. If you got a Batman, zip line them in and pull them out. I don't care because if you really <laughs> care, but you know what? And I say this to the end. This world don't care about really nobody, but specifically black men unless we have something to offer. George Floyd had his life to offer. Offer. There was another person popular that struggled with addiction named DMX who lost his life. It's the same thing. Now, one half is saying it was drugs. He had a relapse. Another half is saying he took the vaccine. We need justice for him as well. Wow, Mo. This is uh, probably one of the most impactful uh, episodes we've done. You really got to some core here, and it's so multifaceted. (laughs) It is. It's right in front of our face. It's right in front of our face. But we are being manipulated by the media, which won't tell us the whole story. And who knows that better than all of us? And yet, I just can't, I can't express the total embarrassment I felt uh, going through this whole episode. Because even at the beginning, he starts off, the, the premise that he comes to, you just heard at the end, where if you believe that the police officers uh, murder one to this guy, then there should be four police officers on trial for that murder. That's how murder one works uh, under the law of the land. If you believe that, oh, he swallowed the drugs and the fentanyl killed him, then under the felony murder rule, whoever sold him the drugs needs to be on trial. So what he's saying is that everybody got played. And you you are on one of those two sides of the coin. Either either you see, you see a mural of George Floyd. There's probably one in your city. There's one in my city. A, and you drive a... <laughs> by it, and how do you feel? You look at that man on that wall that you don't know, and you you either feel reverence or you feel disgust. 
And neither of those are the truth, man. Neither yeah. of those are the truth. I think yeah, that's uh, powerful. I think I had soaked in a, a ton of the reverence, uh, truthfully, because uh, I spent so much time um, in the protests, uh, not actively participating to that extent, uh, how far it went. But I mean, by the like fourth day, I just I fucking got home and I was like, I can't. I, I either had to take a break or just stop entirely because it's just it's too much because empathically you're soaking up all of this raw yeah. emotion and so uh, much energy. Yeah. And at the time out at the precinct, like it was all reverence for Floyd and, and hatred of the police system. And mm-hmm. I think my natural reaction was to kind of rebound into the other direction and really yeah. question the martyrdom. Yep. Um, Which is smart because the martyrdom is false, you know, but then the middle ground is just such a thin sliver. Yeah. But once you're able to stand on it and look around, all of the dots connect and they tried Mm -hmm. to make this a racial issue and a police brutality issue. And they took away the opiate crisis issue that it actually was. Uh and it's it's crazy. They just want to sweep all that under the rug because it benefits I, everybody financially. Yeah. I had a I don't know, I had some weird takes on it even early on within the first couple of weeks. Um I noticed so I kinda I, I wouldn't say I was in the middle the whole time, but I just kind of checked out after a while, mainly because yeah. but the uh there was some weird stuff where like Chauvin and Floyd had previously worked together as security yeah. or something. I remember and being... it seemed like there was, I haven't looked into it in a while, but I, it seemed like it could have been, um, he, it was, it could have been an execution or a, or just like a silencing of Floyd because they were involved in money laundering and Chauvin was also involved or not money laundering, but counterfeit printing counterfeit money. Right. Um, which seemed plausible to me, but then I went, yeah, but then I went far enough into it. And this is why I kind of checked out and just stopped talking about it. Cause obviously nobody wanted to hear this on either side. I mean, there's guys that look like Chauvin that pop up exact, like uncannily uncanny resemblance. And at the Boston bombing, Chauvin seemed to be there. So I got to the point where I was like, who knows if he even died? This whole thing could have been staged. And that's when I just checked out. <laughs> so. There are certain depths on some of these rabbit holes you get to where you're like, you have to shrug because it's like so wild and out of control and out of your hands specifically that you've just got to be like, well, shit, if that's the yeah. case, then what, what, what am I supposed to even do or think or say about it? Like, right. It's like Holocaust denial. The reason I haven't, look deep into that is because god forbid i find out that the holocaust didn't actually happen and then i'm the guy that's telling people it didn't happen so the george <laughs> floyd thing was the same thing it's like right I, I just eventually checked out and i was like i don't i don't know what happened but it's the whole thing is fishy and i'm just gonna leave it there <laughs> i'm gonna uh but I, I totally get what you're saying because like it, 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 they really did a great job of dividing everybody into two camps and you had to pick one of yep. them I'm I'm gonna mop it up, uh, close everything real nicely with this last one. I had to say it was it wasn't enjoyable making this because I had to deal with the the, the uh, programming myself. I got angry at sometimes. I, I mean I'm not immune, uh, but luckily I I know I seek first to understand it and then to be understood. 
And as I always say, pay attention to everything and the truth will reveal itself. Yeah. So that's the beauty of it. I think that Mo has an incredible talent at bringing that human factor in that just gets absolutely sucked out when we talk about all of these uh, national and international psyops, because that's what they are. That's what's, that's what's going on here. Uh, whether the event itself was set up as part of a psyop or whether it was uh, a psyop that was just waiting for an event like this to unfold, I think that that doesn't really change the fact of what's going on in terms of, you know, it's it's been, how long has it been? It's been over a year, right? Or damn near close to a year. We're coming that up on everybody a year. Is, everybody's been under this Floyd spell. And for me, it it, did, it didn't get broke. It didn't get broke till the last couple of days, man. And the weight off of my shoulders of that feels good, but it was also just like a huge reality check of like, hey, man, you know, you're not infallible. You're not some kind of, uh, you know, you're not. Uh, you're still susceptible. It's like it's like uh, even Mo said, I. When I put the show together, I was getting pissed off. I was, you know, having all these emotions. And still, I mean, I knew this would be even tough for me to bring today because a lot of this ties back personally to me over the last 10 years of my life and to people I've met and the experiences that I've had. And I should have known better, and I still got tricked. I mean, and we're so all I, susceptible to psyops for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the funny thing is like once some of them stop working on you, they'll change to other ones. You know, there's psyops for every stripe and every political group. And, you know, you have to try and stay independent of all of that and still be paying attention to everything. And if you have some kind of a simple uh, explanation that's all wrapped up nicely in a little bow, uh, or if it's just comes down to one thing for you, then it's probably oversimplified and you're probably missing something. But when Mo spins it around like this and he's like, no, you see how this actually connects to literally every other dot we've been talking about. That's that aha moment. That's that. Oh shit. We got tricked. Yeah. He's, he's truly Mo's a wizard dude. He's yeah, <laughs> he's great. I love it though. That was a good. That was a good presentation. And honestly, I, I didn't really pick up. Uh, I, I listened to that whole episode, and I didn't pick up on it as nearly as much as you did. Um, I, but like, as soon when I hear you say that, it, like, make it that kind of clicked it for me in more than just listening to that at Mofax episode. For me, it came down to I think that's the one underlying message that was never said in the episode. But if you could boil it down to just a meme or a tweet length. It's like everybody got tricked into literally George Floyd is a superhuman or George Floyd is a subhuman. And both of those are actually totally wrong. It's wrong to do that to a person. It's wrong to make them into some kind of a demigod. And it's obviously wrong to make them into some kind of a superhuman. And I, that's what I've been, or a subhuman, excuse me. It's obviously wrong to make them less than human. And that's what I was guilty of doing in my own heart and in my own mind for the last year. It's totally embarrassing to even admit, but well, I think it's okay to make certain can... people subhuman in your mind, like Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> George Bush senior shading himself. Yeah, Bush senior. Right. <laughs> 
Um, man, my big takeaway that 60, 61, 62, that is like the fucking trilogy, in my opinion, of 2021 as yeah. far as episodes. I mean, back to back to back ground shaking stuff. And um, especially for 62, the pink elephant, the the one that really freaked me out is that, I mean, pharma has got needles lined up on both sides. It doesn't matter who yep. you are. Doesn't matter your position in life. They got to get that shit into you. Yeah, they want to shoot you up with something. And they're going to get you with something, man. Yeah. And like the whole fentanyl thing. I mean, I'm I'm not like super sleuth uh, deep diver on it, but I definitely it definitely fucking catches my attention anytime it comes up in the news and like Ontario's they, they busted pounds of it. And that was enough to wipe out 1.3 million people, I think. And, uh, even in Wilmington where I went to school, they'd found enough to wipe the, the population of the County twice over. And like, how much of that is fear mongering? I don't know, but that shit, someone's, someone's fucking pumping it in. They're pumping it in hard. And it almost mm-hmm. sounds like that fucking filler that you were talking about. Yeah. You know, between the opioid and then the acetophetamine or um, acetaminophen. Yeah, acetaminophen and the binder and everything. I just that's that's kind of what that fentanyl started giving me vibes about. It's that poison. The fentanyl is just a crazy another evolution of this shit. I mean, it and I lost my cousin uh, two or two winters ago to uh, opiates, too, you know, and so. It's all around. I mean, I see it happening. I see it with friends. I see it with family. And, you know, people's response is just to shrug and be like, well, they're just a fucking jerk-off addict. When in reality, uh, most people, with a few, like, dastardly exceptions that you pointed out, Sir C. Sitter, but, like, I believe most people just want to make the world a better place and do the right thing for their friends and family. But they've been tricked into so many different narratives that they don't understand that they're not making the world a better place. They've been either tricked into thinking that making a, making a loud Facebook post is going to be how you do that. Or they've been tricked into thinking that like, uh, helping some of these dastardly figures is actually making the world a better place. It's just so many people are tricked right now. And any time that we can pull the curtain back and show just, just show people, not tell them they were wrong, not tell them that uh, they're an idiot or they're stupid because we, we've all been there, man. We've all been tricked, and that's the only reason that we're here now is because we realized it. Mm-hmm. But the more we can pull back the curtains for even just one person at a time, if, it, if it's just as little as one person, like I think that's how we actually make a true impact. I love it. Well said. I'm with you. I'm with you all the way on that. Like and like I said, yeah. Like I like uh, I think that was like the your presentation of that Mofax episode got me thinking more than necessarily that rap on the episode is because like anyway, um, yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. I don't have my bell. Well, I got this. <laughs> Did I tell you about my new bell, Cersei Sitter? No. Uh, Sounds douche, good. Douche bar came by. He lives on the other side of the state line, but he was like, I got this old electric bell that uh, 
it was like a some project he put together, I think, for his kid. And um, it's just like it was laying around. He wasn't getting any use of it. So he's like, I'll bring it over to you if you can use it. So I got it set up in the studio now. It's like a 110-volt electric bell with a little button. So it's loud as shit. Hell yeah. But uh, now I have a physical bell. I think that'll add to the magic. Um. Well... I brought. I also kind of broke the rules, which I'm glad I'm not the only one that did it. <laughs> nice. Uh, I because uh, I okay, here's what I did. I had uh, like a week ago had pulled some no agenda clips because I was like, let's get the the obvious best podcast in the universe. Use that as one of my shows. It's um, low hanging fruit, and I was gonna do a presentation on how even the best media deconstructionists of our time. Uh, yeah, I know. Maybe of all time can miss something. <laughs> and so I had about. this clip pulled of uh the MP I had a couple clips and I was going to wrap it with the clip of the first clip in John's set of NPR propaganda ministry of truth thing where they say like the truth is actually bad cuz it's causing vac- vaccine hesitancy. Oh yeah. And, like right at the start of that clip I had it pulled and it was, I I kind of figured somebody would catch it before we got around to doing this episode and the, and that did happen cuz they caught it on the next episode. But it was um, the NPR was like misinformation about the 2020 election and misinformation about the COVID-19 rollout. And I was like, how did Adam and John miss that? And I had that all clipped and somebody caught it and there was something else and that I clipped and somebody caught that. Um, and so I was like, OK, I'm going to scrap that. So I just have one show because it was already I was already way too long on clips for this show. So it, it worked out. Um, this is uh no, a show that's not on the No Agenda stream, but everybody should definitely listen to it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tim Dillon Show. We do apologize for there being no video. We also apologize for our lateness. I don't think we've really ever been late with an episode before. We may have been, but don't bring it up. So this, <laughs> so this episode is uh, from, like a, I guess it's like a month back or something. Um maybe a month and a half. Uh, this is, well, I'll just play the setup clip here. I mean, not a lot of stuff rattles me, and this rattled me. It's a murder, double murder, suicide in Philadelphia over <laughs> the shoveling of snow. Oh, I don't even, It. I guess there was a couple and they were using a snowblower or they were using shovels. Shovels, yeah. And they were shoveling snow onto another dude's driveway. On, onto his lawn. Onto his lawn. Yeah. And he, they, they were at, at war. Yeah, this has been removed from Twitter now, if you're trying to find it, by the way. And it's a video of the guy and they're calling him, it's a couple, and they're like, what are you going to do, pussy? Mm. And it's like a scene from Fargo. I don't know, because it's snowing, and he's just blanketed with snow. And then the guy comes out of his house, the guy that they, the couple is shoveling the snow on his lawn. They're calling him pussy. What are you going to do, pussy? We're going to make your life a living hell. We're going to make your life a living hell. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what a, you know, when you say something like that, it, it gets to people. So what happens in this video is not funny at all, but mm-hmm. Tim Dillon, being the genius he is, makes it one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But it's uh, basically I've just I've watched the ring I watched the ring uh, 
doorbell footage. Yeah, uh, I saw they're that too. yelling at the. You saw it, okay? So I don't need I to. I, I guess I can set it up for anybody that hadn't seen it. But when uh, they, EA Social, it like was posted right away, so I watched the whole thing. Very yeah. disturbing. Probably one of the most disturbing things I've seen uh, in the, yeah. the past year. But but he also uh, like not super gory or anything. Just like situationally disturbing. Well, yeah, you did see a woman get shot in the face and a man yeah. get shot and he gets executed off camera. But, uh, yeah, anyway, here's Tim Dillon talking about that. The guy crawls into the garage and then the woman's like, call the cop, and she's still being annoying. Right. She's <laughs> shot and in the street and still pushing everybody's buttons. <laughs> and you're like, you know, this is needs a resolution. And then he comes out with the AR and a part of you goes, oh, no. But then a part of you perks up because you go, just a second ago, I said there was not going to be a resolution here. Now I think there might be. Ooh, and there is. And and there's something about the, the final words. There really is. I agree. And again, if you know these people, I mean, you know, sorry. <laughs> There's something about the final words of you should have kept your mouth shut. He goes, you should have kept your mouth shut. <laughs> Fucking he says that to her, and then he just blows her head away. And then he shoots the guy. Then he walks into the garage and gets him. We don't hear if he said anything to him. I don't think he did. As content, because I'm a consumer of content. As we all are. Mm -hmm. And when Ben showed it to me, I said, well, this is content. <laughs> it's content. It's a double murder-suicide. He goes, he said to me, he goes, it's a double, he, he warned me, he goes, it's a double murder-suicide in Philadelphia over uh, uh, snow shoveling. But then I, I settle in. <laughs> and then I go, okay, but I'm still expecting it to be good, right? I still want it to be good. <laughs> And it was good because it's you think it ends and then it doesn't. He goes back in the house and then he comes out and he has the great line. So as content, and what is it? Three minutes? Uh, two minutes and twenty seconds. It's perfect. Perfect for Twitter. For Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect for Twitter. Yeah. Two minutes and twenty seconds. Perfect for Twitter. Whoa! Oh <laughs> Holy shit! It I'm really just, was though. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna plow through these next two clips just because uh, there's really nothing I need to add. It's just. Tim, Tim, just, just okay. I, there's nothing I can add that's going to make this any better than it already is on its own. It was rough to watch. It made me deeply sad, truly, about the future of humanity and about the effects that this period has had on everybody. But <laughs> I did like seeing that woman get shot in the face. <laughs> 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 and when he looks at her, he goes, you should have kept your mouth shut. And she knows what's coming. And she knows she pushed the wrong person. And she's laying in the snow, about to get shot in the head. This, this episode will get lighter. But <laughs> as she's about to get shot in the head, she's laying in the street. Probably what went through her mind is, I should have kept my mouth shut. <laughs> Maybe I should have kept my mouth shut. Mm -hmm. And it's, hey, sad all around. Not advocating it. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't advise it. 
tough to watch. Not good. Don't go look for the video. It will be disturbing. Unless you're into that, in which case it's great. <laughs> if you're into it, don't get into it. Don't be that guy. Unless this is how you come. And try not to be that guy either. Um, what were your feelings on the video? Because you're the one who fucking brought it into my life. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. I mean, I, I, think I've, I think I've been quite clear here. It was a, it was a mixed bag. It's like this weird, like, Norman Rockwell scene where it's just a couple shoveling their snow, and then all of a sudden, like, within 30 seconds, they're both laying in a pool of their own blood. It's just, I mean, it's horrific. It's a horrific thing. All caught on the, the by the way, the video's from a, a, one of those doorbells. Like the, a ring the, cam? The, a ring cam, yeah. And then, you know, halfway through it, too, their autistic son runs out, the couple, to check on them. And then when he sees him coming back in with the AR-15, he runs off, and then that's when he does the execution shots. So there's like a whole scene developing there of them trying to help the mom and him trying to help his mom and dad. And then the guy just comes back out and does the deed. Well, I'll tell you one thing. That kid's not going to step out of line. <laughs> you know, you want to talk about a polite kid? You want to talk about a polite kid? I watched my mother get shot in a grill for running her fat mouth. <laughs> okay, okay, one more, and then uh, I'll go to his ad break here. By the way, those parents were no great shakes for that kid. I'm not saying they should have been executed in front of him, but they were not. That was not going to be a great life with them. You know, do you think in that woman's high school yearbook, she was voted most likely to get shot in the face outside of her house while shoveling snow? Because that should be a new category in Philly high school yearbooks. It should be most likely to get shot point blank range by an AR-15 by an angry neighbor who you are harassing. So I'm so glad if you listen to the, the breakdown of this video, bro. Oh because <laughs> I haven't thought of it in so long. <laughs> if you listen to Tim Dillon's show, these are the type of things you can expect. Um, oh, it's man. as far as like he does have been his producer, kind of like the Jamie of the show who who uh, just laughs when he cracks him up and does a production once in a while. He'll throw a line in. But overall, it's just Tim ranting. And as far as solo podcasts go. Like, the only close second I can think of is maybe Bill Burr. Mm. As far as, like, comedians doing a solo podcast, but uh, where they just rant. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, he uh, he wants to make it clear also that he's not influenced by anyone, uh, any of his advertisers or anything. We're not influenced by anyone ever on this show. We're never influenced. I, I do, and this is unrelated. This is a, an unrelated point. I was thinking this morning about what a great company Palantir is. <clears throat> While I had my eggs. And I just, I woke up and I said, what a great company it is. Because they have all the information of the people. Mm -hmm. And that's what you want. You want 
you want all the information to be in a place. And I think that's, they do it good. They do it well. So I'm a fan of them. Yeah, great investment. It's a great investment. Yeah, yeah. I also would like to say, I like the Central Intelligence Agency. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think you should be upset if people want to listen to what you're saying on the phone <laughs> or read your email. I don't think that's a problem. I don't think it's a big deal. I think we ask too many questions. Do you understand? I understand what you're saying. <laughs> and I'm just saying, I'm an independent broadcaster who has thoughts that are in his head that he says them. They are not given to me by anyone, and they are not, I am not influenced by anyone. But God damn it, if Jeff Bezos isn't a great fucking guy. <laughs> so, so, okay, this is my last clip. Uh, they do an ad break here, and uh, Tim Dillon, all his, he has like ads for Blue Chew and all kinds of shit. But he, unlike most podcasters, he makes his ads hilarious. Uh, so this is my last clip. Definitely the longest clip out of the set, but. Uh, Tim Dillon goes to an ad break right after that. I believe that you should get a list of words that you can say, which will be shorter than the ones that you cannot, and that'll make it easier for you. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I am saying that I'm, I am not, I have not been co-opted at all, okay? At all. I'm just saying that... I'm, I want to get the vaccine more than twice. <laughs> I'd like to get it six or seven times. Okay. So I wanted to get that, that out of the way because people are always nervous how and, and when we'll be co-opted. So there's not, I just want to let people know there is no fear of that at all. No fear of that at all. Okay, let's do an ad break here. We do have, we do have an ad. Hold on, hold on. Let's get it. Let's get the ad here. Moderna <laughs> is now sponsoring the Tim Dillon Show. <laughs> Moderna has developed a vaccine. It is fun, and it is two shots. You will love it and enjoy it. And afterwards, it will be shown that you have taken it in a wallet so you can get into basketball games and concerts. <laughs> Moderna is always working hard to try to solve the problems of tomorrow. Just have to get these added out of the way, folks. Just... <laughs> the Tim Dillon Show is proud to be sponsored by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. <laughs> Bill and Melinda are here to help. They want you to know that. Bill has spent years tirelessly trying to solve every problem that has ever arisen from climate change to vaccines and diseases and overpopulation and how these all go together somehow. <laughs> Bill and Melinda are very excited to help people through their charitable donations and foundations and contributions. On this show, I have said things about Bill that are not true. 
because I'm a stupid pig. Don't listen to the stupid pig. Do your own research at their website, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, because that is where the accurate information is. All other sources are not to be trusted. I am sorry for what I have said about Bill and Melinda Gates. It was inappropriate and downright wrong. I wrestle with the guilt of what I have said about them. Sometimes it is so bad that I lay in bed all day like I have just taken the much-needed second shot of the Moderna vaccine. This hand copy is good. It's not bad. (laughs) I am very, very happy. I love Bill and everything he has done for the third world and our world. Let's and all of the worlds. I also apologize for continually bringing up the Epstein angle with Bill because Bill had no idea what Jeffrey was doing. <laughs> I'm a fat opportunist who likes to link people's is a long head who likes to link people <laughs> together that had nothing to do with each other. It is because I am fat and I am not thinking clearly that I have constantly brought up previous associations with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> I am sorry. I want to take this opportunity to apologize to Bill, Melinda, and Warren Buffett for all of my transgressions. And I am excited to welcoming them as sponsors of my new show, where I will be vaccinated on the table in front of everyone. I think it's important that people know and trust us. You know what I mean? And that's because there's so many people out there right now in the entertainment business that are, you know, people don't trust them. But I feel like we have to kind of show everybody that just because we're in Austin and just because we know some of these people, we have not changed who we are, like our core beliefs and values, which have always been a, a deep love of the intelligence community. <laughs> and, and Big Pharma. Think of this. Everything I have said before today, I have been dead wrong. <laughs> dead wrong. And... If I've ever said anything on this show that makes people doubt that, it's because I'm a a bad person. <laughs> it's either like right before or right after this in the episode, he's going on about how they, they hung out with like some intelligence community people in Austin who were playing tennis at their house or something. Yeah. It's like ever since I left there, my my phone has been turning on at random times. Oh my god. My car wakes my car makes a weird noise when I start it. I think that's just a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I presented without much commentary the Tim Dillon show. Um, one of my, one of the podcasts I just never miss an episode of because it's always a fucking laugh, right? He had yeah, a pretty good ode to Afghanistan uh, last week, I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> you always... I'm sad Afghanistan, the Afghan war is in it. You always remember your first war, like your first kiss or your first fuck. Uh, I think he's like, I think he's like the comedian of our era. I can't think of anybody that I, this is just as consistently funny as that guy. Yeah, that was great. Good stuff. That's a, uh, yeah, <laughs> I like him. Tim I like Dillinger. him and Theo, I think are. Like the two dudes that got it going on right now. Yeah. Joey Diaz would probably be up there with those guys, but yeah, they're all, I mean, it's, it's Jim Brewer, Joey Diaz. It's, there's very few comedians, like even Bill Burr's softened up where it's like, yeah, 
nobody's willing to really call out the authority in over the last year like uh like a handful well, of them have a lot of the guys when that once the screws come in and they put the screws down then they're like oh whoa i don't like that i back off and then there's the guys like like diaz or dylan who just don't give a fuck they're like nah you you don't have anything that can hurt me because yeah. I've already yeah. I've already felt a lot more hurt than that. <laughs> right. All you, you love to see words. I really think like the like the the modern day court gestures that are like that aren't scared to fucking laugh at the king in fear of getting their head lopped off. Like those are mm-hmm. the people that are going to save the fucking world. I agree, man. People are coming so that's, because that's my, I'm a nice guy. That's the reason why it's <laughs> happening. <laughs> Uh. we choose truth over facts so what's that Uh, all about that's what (laughs) that's what i got who's next on the chopping block here that's uh i think think that wraps it yep right yep we just passed oh yeah uh, because goof had something but but he uh he's what he's saving that for next week yep yeah word so i got him saved still well thank you uh, sorry i was late i I loved it though it was it all worked it all worked out. Yeah. Um, we'll wrap this up. I actually got a little song here. Oh, shit. I had it pulled. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll do the next one next time, whenever that happens. And uh, thanks, everybody, for hanging out and listening. I don't know if we have an email or a website or anything that is. Where's the shit? Yeah. Find us on No Agenda Social. Yeah, something. we're on the socials. You know where we're at. Where is this motherfucker? Ah, here we go. There we go. That's what I was looking for. That was a good one, though. I, I enjoyed it. It was cool to get uh, Gwyff on, officially. Definitely. Well, that's not very interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, time to go catch some No Agenda, I think. Thank you for your courage. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah! Of course I can hear you! I just went to you! I think this is the beginning of the end. Priorities as they come and land in my plate. What am I supposed to do? Oh. Hi boys, if you're lonely tonight, just give me a call at 1-900. I am a whore. Medical Park.